Hi. Hi. Welcome to Sip. Survive. And repeat. Oh my god, you guys. It's It's been a couple weeks and we're sorry. Sorry. Thanksgiving got in there and I know like, it's not like any of us had like insane Thanksgiving plans that we couldn't record. We just, I think. Life life just got really (laughs) fucking busy. It's the end of the year and we're, we're in sales and so there's like a lot of stuff we're trying to do before the end of the year to get ready for next year. So... Long story short. It's wacky. It's a wacky, wacky time for us. <laughs> We're going to get through it. Yes. Um, get ready. We have a couple new episodes coming at you before we're going to take a holiday break. Mm-hmm. And then and then we'll be back in the new year with a vengeance. Some new stuff. With a vengeance. I think one of my New Year's resolutions is going to be to spend more time crafting my stories. Oh my God. Yay. That sounds fun. Versus doing it the day of or the day before. <laughs> well, how was today's? Did you craft it today or yesterday? Um, Kenny sent me the story. So thank you, Kenny. Yay. Kenny but sent I me wrote my story. It, I wrote it. I read it because we were supposed to record last week. So I had it like I read it, but I wrote it down today. Okay. Okay. Big difference. Yes. So yeah. Um, Kenny also gave me my story today and, um, I, same as you, since we were supposed to record last week, I definitely, I read it. I watched a documentary. Mm-hmm. And then today when I was driving to an appointment, I listened to that documentary again whilst in my car. Good job. Thank you. I did also watch a video, but she literally was reading the Wikipedia page. <laughs> so it, it basically was everything I had already read. I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. I know this. I know this. Got it. Yeah. Well, and sometimes do you ever, I get disappointed when I pull up a YouTube and it's just like, photos yes words over it i'm like hey fuck off if i wanted to read it i just go read it right tell me it i don't need your video which is why i write mine down now because if somebody wanted to read the article they'd go fucking read it versus listening to me ramble on about it right (laughs) exactly no (laughs) yeah Uh. um how's everyone's thanksgiving it was great low-key but delicious very low-key yeah it's just me and kim yeah Yeah. did you guys make a whole turkey no my (gasps) parents mega whole turkey (laughs) i was like what's that is that a whole a mega hole in your turkey (laughs) my parents came up wednesday night and dropped off thanksgiving food oh that was nice and we just had a little thanksgiving meet her that's kind of sexy and romantic a little bit yeah a little sexy just a, I mean, maybe not sexy. That's a little romantic. I mean, I feel like Thanksgiving is the least sexy holiday. <laughs> it, it totally yeah, is. I mean, I was on the couch from two to eight. Just Oh, my God. And the next day, we didn't move. Like, um, did not move from the couch. So I, It was this disgusting. Was my, this was a, a banner year. It was my first Thanksgiving as a 39-year-old woman, not with my family, which was, like, very bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um... So for 38 years, my parents have made Thanksgiving. So it's the only Thanksgiving I've ever had. I mean, other than like having Thanksgiving food elsewhere. Interesting. I'm interested to hear this story. So my parents were going to see my brother and his new baby down in Hotlanta, which uh-huh. I was like, you guys are traveling. There's a Goodbye. pandemic. Holy crap. Uh, but they they were very safe. They were very like confined, mm-hmm. once, especially once they got to Atlanta. But anyway... Um, so my friend Shelly and her husband, Andy, invited me over. My son was at his dad's house. So it was literally the three of us, adult time Thanksgiving. Again, sexy. Sexy, sexy. <laughs> 
My friend Shelly looked up all these amazing fall mixed drinks. Mm. And so she was the bartender. So all day long she was mixing the drinks. There was one that had chartreuse in it. Have you ever had that? No. It's like. What is it? Is it a wine? No, it's a liquor and it's super expensive and like monks or something make it. It's green, uh, which is weird. And it's very. Is it a Midori? It's it's a Midori sour. (laughs) No, it's, um, it's very herbaceous mm. like it's it's got a very distinct flavor well she made this one drink I don't even know what was in it I feel like it was that simple syrup vodka lemon juice something else anyway long story short oh, and you put cranberries in a, a sprig of rosemary oh very festive I'll ask Shelly what it's called it's I would like that recipe it was heaven in fact I went over there the other night to meet her new puppy and I was like, can you make me that drink again? <laughs> <laughs> so she did because um, she's a nice friend. But anyway, so we ate ourselves silly. Um, I was in charge of mashed potatoes and one of the sides, which was Brussels sprouts, sweet potatoes, pecans, pecans. Mm, sounds right. Cranberries. And I roasted all that. Mm-hmm. It was and with a little maple syrup glaze. See, you can cook. I know. I, I just want to like hear to. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was delicious. The potatoes turned out great. And Andy was in charge of the turkey and like some other stuff, including he got homemade pierogies from, mm. um, what's that market downtown? Westside Market? Yes. Mm. They were the best pierogies I've ever yeah, had. Yeah, I bet they were. And he's like, we always had pierogies on Thanksgiving. I'm like, so strange. That's a good. Interesting tradition. I like that. Like some people have mac and cheese, which we never yeah. did that growing never up. Done that. Yeah, yeah, but I could, I could incorporate a pierogi in my uh, Thanksgiving meal. It was meal. good. It was a nice little touch. Mm-hmm. Um, but long story short, we ate and drank ourselves stupid. We all separated um, around 2 o'clock uh, at her house. We were still in the house. Andy went upstairs to the bedroom. I went to the guest room, which is on the first floor, and Shelly laid on the couch. We all passed out for like an hour. Oh, that sounds magical. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I passed out for two. And then we all came back. For wa- seconds. Watched football and eight seconds. It's I think Thanksgiving is actually one of my favorite holidays mm-hmm. because you're just eating all day. It's just family. And well, we discussed this, like the people who don't eat early, they have Thanksgiving at like five. Yeah. What are you we doing? We do like two. Yeah. What are you doing? One or two. That's yeah. Because you got, because yeah. you want to eat it twice. Yeah. Right. Well, like by the time everyone left our, like we had Todd's mom, shout out Becky. What up Becky? And um, her husband and then his two kids who are older, they're like our age, stopped by too. And um, by the time they left, it was like seven-ish. So it was a perfect time to like sweatpants on, watch TV for like an hour and then get like seconds, like pie and whatever else we didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. But My favorite is to just get a bunch of sides mm-hmm. just eat the crap i made this sides. creamed corn casserole yeah you did it was literally a can of corn a can of creamed corn mm-hmm. a stick of butter yes. a jiffy mix box yes and you bake it it was everyone's favorite oh my god it was so good that's it yeah i'm gonna make that uh, and an egg okay and you just mix it all together and mix you bake it, it for like 20 minutes 30 minutes 45 minutes that's what it was 45 minutes okay so good delicious mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I feel like my. Kid I saw the recipe like in a magazine. Oh, okay. I'll send it to you. You still get magazines? I mean, it was like one of those like. <laughs> it was like one of those like, hometown magazines or whatever Love you get for it. free. Whatever. My I'm eighty. Okay. We get highlights at our house because of Declan. Oh, so. Yeah. Um. 
Well, I'm glad everyone had a good Thanksgiving. My favorite part of it was, well, there were many favorite parts. There were deviled eggs to begin with. So we didn't have that. My friend made deviled eggs and Shelly, shout out, made candied bacon to go on Mm. top of the fucking deviled eggs. She sounds like she's a good cook. Her and I go to their house a lot these Mm -hmm. days. You do. Because they're like. I get why. They're always like making creative recipes. Oh, they had me over this week to meet the puppy and they made. What kind of puppy? Um, it is a King Cavalier poodle mix. So a oh. Cavapoo. Oh. So it's like John's dog uh-huh. that we work with, who's a Cavachon. But Kenny, you can poodle. cut this out if you want. These people, they're probably like, who? Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Very cute. It's like really dark. I'll show you a picture. Um, it's a puppy. It's cute. It's the cutest. It, it was like squeaking at me. I was so excited I got there. <laughs> oh, but my friend Shelly made um, turkey angelatas from the leftover turkey. Can you believe that? Just like fucking making things out of leftovers. And she got that recipe from my friend Megan, who is also really good at cooking. Her turkey recipe or their turkey enchilada recipe? The turkey enchilada recipe. I would kind of be into that. Can you get that for me? I'll get you that. I'll get you that. Um, If anyone anyone else wants it, just, you know, slide into our DMs. You can post it on Instagram. (laughs) Slide it into our DMs. I'll get you the recipe. (laughs) And that drink recipe you guys need to try. Yes. Okay. Let's talk wine. Okay. Yeah. Since we're talking about. You're going to pronounce it (laughs) because. Actually, this one I think is easy. <laughs> Let's see. Amarita? Yeah. There's a big A on it. It's a sparkling white wine. It's, it looks very tropical. It does look tropical, but you know what? The funny part is it's from uh, Willamette Valley, Oregon. <laughs> so not at all tropical. So not tropical. Um, it is very green because it's of all delicious. the rain. Yeah. Um, I was saying Oregon, not the wine, just in case you guys I knew, were concerned. I picked up on that. <laughs> But <laughs> I didn't know if everyone would. Um, it's sparkling. It's white. It's, I think, what'd you say? 12? 12.9. 12.9%. Um, it is part of the Magna Wine Boutique Monthly Wines. So if you guys haven't tried Magna Wine Boutique, they ship anywhere in the United States of America. And they are located here in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. They have a location in Bedford. And they're opening up another location. Yes, in Cuyahoga Falls. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're not from here, I bet you're like, what the fuck is Cuyahoga? Don't worry about it. It's a river. (laughs) Look it up. Um, I'm pretty sure it's named after the, um, you know, indigenous people that Mm, lived here. Probably. I don't know. Just saying shit out my ass. Okay. So this is what they sent to us. It says the name Am... Wait. Amrita. I'm adding an extra A. I almost said Amorite. Um, am I right? Am I right? Am I right or am I right? Or am I right? Or am I right? <laughs> Comes from the Buddhist equivalent of ambrosia or wine of the gods. Oh. Amrita is a unique inspiration. Each harvest, it's crafted from different varieties to be effervescent, fruit forward. Uh, it makes a delightful aperitif and is our favorite match with pan Asian foods. Only 1,600 cases were made from this harvest. Mm. And so it's a very exclusive wine for Mm. Magna. uh, And pretty much, you know, for anyone who got this little joy in there. This would have been perfect for Thanksgiving. I feel like it's crisp. Yes, it would have been really nice with the turkey. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Um, If you guys want to join Magna Wine Boutique Wine Club, all you need to do is go to their website, magnawineboutique.com, click on Wine Club, and there's all the info there. Uh, They ship anywhere in the United States of America. Merca. The U.S. 
of a yes uh we'll try and get them to start shipping internationally but i think there's laws so (laughs) we'll let them figure that out (laughs) that's on them uh (laughs) but we love them we love their wines uh and when you join the club you get two a month um i know one month they were celebrating something so they actually shipped out three um to their members so there's surprises along the Mm -hmm. way get in with those magna girls Mm -hmm. and guy it's her and her husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Brittany. Um, all right. So that's our wine for. And I hear her today. sister's a huge listener. Yes. So her shout sister out. is. I don't know her name. I don't either. But oh my God. Shout out to Brittany's sister. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm like out of breath after saying all that. Do you want me to go? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm out of breath. Good. <laughs> Which is terrible. I'll let you sip your wine. So let me tell you a story. Please do. Let me move my paper so I can. Kenny doesn't have to mess with my volume of Henry Reed Rathbone. You can read that that far away from your face. I have LASIK. Oh my God. I forgot. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to remark on my handwriting because it's I can't, atrocious. I can't see it from here. If anyone else tried to read this, they wouldn't be able to. Perfect. That's, that's the kind of, that's what happens when you're a bad speller. You just kind of like scribble stuff. Cause you're like, nah, I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> You just give up. Like, I'll be writing a word and I'll give up halfway through. And I'm just like, nah. I feel like I don't do that. Because you're you because you're probably good at spelling. Yeah. I do scroll. If I start to mess up a letter and I know it, mm-hmm. I get really mad because I don't mm. like to have scratches. I just stick with it and I just go for it. Oh, my God. It's kind of like my life. Ballsy. Okay. <laughs> so this is an old-timey one. Mm. Compliments of Kenny. Mm-hmm. And Henry, our we boy just, Henry. We should show, call this show the Kenny Show because he Kenny should have stories. to send us stories every week. <laughs> we're going to have to pay him if we're going to make him like, do that. He's like, I hate you. Okay. He's like, I already have to I'll edit you, bitches. I'll send him when I find him. Okay. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, like, let's just stick to what we've been doing. <laughs> um, I'm surprised Kenny hasn't left us already. Okay. Let's talk about Henry. So he was born, who cares, in 1837. <laughs> Who cares the day? Well, I don't know why. It doesn't matter. Okay, 1837. 1837. What a great time to be alive. What a great time. Pre-Civil War. Good. Good for you. Terrible time. I mean, Pro- terrible time for many people in the country, but... But he's a northerner. He's He lives in Albany, New York, or mm-hmm. that's where he was born. Mm-hmm. Um, he is one of four kids. Oh, uh-huh. Um, Small but, family. But he's lucky. His dad was super wealthy. Oh, Okay. So, I mean, whatever. Good for him. Um, he was actually nine, though, when his father passed away, Aww. which is sad. And his dad uh, left him $200,000 when he died. Damn. Which, in today's money, guess how much it is. Oh, my God. You already did the calculation? Uh-huh. Oh. I was just about to calculate it. Um, $6 million. Wait. Close. Oh. <gasps> Hint for you, Jenny. $7.2 million. $5.5 million Damn now. it. And that's over. and that's Wikipedia calculated I'm that lost for me. On the prices, right? So that could actually be higher depending on when Wikipedia posted their stuff. But so it's a lot of fucking money. Yes. So he's oh. kind of rolling in it. Good for him. Um, his mother remarried to a wonderful gentleman. I'm assuming his name is Ira Harris. Oh, Ira. And Ira was a U.S. senator. So it sounds like he also had like a good job and career some and some money. Mm-hmm. And Ira was also a widower. And he lost his wife that same year, and he also had four kids. Oh my god! It's is like the, the Bra- wait. Is it's like the, the old timey Brady Bunch. Yeah. It's actually what the show was. There, this family was based off. The show was based off this family. Yeah, and they had a they, but they had a maid named Alice, which is what like they really did. tied it all together. Just kidding. Fuck. Um, 
Okay, so, uh, so I literally sweet. wrote down the old-timey Brady Bunch. <laughs> so one of uh, Ira's children, mm-hmm. her name was Clara. Oh. So Clara and Henry <laughs> were super close yes. and ended up falling in love. Stepbrother, stepsister. Okay. I'm not so against it's, it. It's still a little weird. It's weird, but it's not like, it's not the same blood, so. And it was also in the 1800s, so. Sure. That, sure, sure, did sure. Did that sure. matter back then? I'm not sure. No, um, I mean it doesn't matter now. I think you can marry your step sibling now. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, but still, whatever. I think it's a little strange, but I just think it's strange to say aloud. But otherwise, yeah. it seems fine. Yeah. Um. So they fall in love and they became engaged right before the Civil War started. Mm-hmm. So Henry was studying law at this local university. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the name of it. And during his course of studying, he was like, you know what? I'm going to join the army and mm. fight for the North in the Civil War. Go Union. Yeah. Um, so he did, he was involved in a couple big shot battles. Ooh. One of them was the Battle of, uh, can't read my handwriting, um, Sharpsburg. Okay. Where 22,000, more than 22,700 people died, and it was considered at the time the bloodiest day in American history. I don't think that's probably the case anymore. Maybe. It's a lot of people. No, it probably is still, because here's the thing. We don't really have, like, Missing or died. Right. Okay. So. War doesn't happen like it used to. Like, I feel like Mm. big chunks of people don't die like they used to. But I don't know. I mean, I could be totally wrong. How much do I know about war? So he was involved in that. And then he was also involved in the Battle of Fredericksburg. Yep, that's a big one. Which we all, I mean, I heard of. And then I started reading about it. And then I just stopped because I immediately got bored. Mm. It's just a lot of, like, facts and colonels and majors and all that stuff. Anyway. Um, so the point of all this is he was super successful in his army career. Okay. Good for him. Um, when he, at, during the end of the, by the end of the war. Do you think super successful means you didn't die? He didn't die and he moved up rank. Kenny's so by just, the end of it all. I just made Kenny laugh. Yes. He was a major at the end. A major what? A major big deal. <laughs> he was majorly alive. Way to go, buddy. Um, but this is where it starts to get good. So he, the war's almost over. Good. He's doing his thing. He's feeling fly. He's got Claire on his arm. Feeling fly they're not for married a yet. Guy? Yeah, they're not okay. married yet. Oh shit! Are they're they having, still engaged? Are they having premarital sex? Of course, they're just engaged. Uh huh. Um, and then we go to April fourteenth, eighteen sixty-five. Mm-hmm. And if you're a history buff, maybe you know what happened on this day. I did not. Um, <laughs> I like how I made a face like I might. I know. I that's like, why I said that because you looked at me like, oh, I know where this is going. I don't But at you all. don't. Okay. So because of Henry and Clara's dad, that he was a, a big U.S. senator from New York and like he had lots of ties, um, Henry and Clara were also friends with the Lincolns, meaning Abraham Lincoln. Oh, oh Abe. So they were just good chummy pals. And Great. Abraham Lincoln, obviously, at this time was the president. Mm-hmm. And he invited. So he was kind of a big deal for realsies. He was a big deal. Okay. And so he invited Henry and Clara to see a play at Ford's Theater. The play? The play. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So our boy Henry and Clara were there. Oh, I have goosebumps. Yeah. And, Yee. but a funny little twist is actually Lincoln invited Ulysses S. Grant first mm-hmm. to the play, mm-hmm. but Ulysses S. Grant's wife 
and Lincoln's wife were in a fight. They were like Ugh. in like a little tiff. You know how bitches be. I know. Bitches were being bitches. And so they declined the Do offer. Do you think it's bad to call Lincoln's wife and Ulysses No. Okay, fine. Come on. You know how we can be sometimes. <laughs> um, so they declined the invitation. And then Lincoln was like, I wonder how Henry felt after the fact, finding out that he was the second pick for the play. Oh, you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah. So Henry and Claire are like, oh my gosh, we'll totally go. This will be a fun night out. Mm. So they, yeah, that's what um, they thought. right, exactly. Huh. Um, let's see. Did, hey, did, did you know this is called Sip Survivor, Peter? Are you going to tell me how Lincoln got assassinated? A little bit. Okay. Just a smidge. Not, okay. not too much. Okay. I did go down that rabbit hole I, a little bit. I like bit. how Jenny is talking about this. She goes into serial killers and like the one survivor. Sorry. I know. <laughs> I know. She's watching like a documentary and she's like, someone died. Someone lived. I can do the story. <laughs> You know Although what, this guy turns out, well, I won't tell you. Yeah. He's I, not, it's not like a survivor story where you like are rooting for him at the end. Oh, you're going to root for some shit in my story. Oh, shit. You about to root. Um, okay. So let's see. Da, 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 da. I already said that part. Um, okay. So they're at the play. Yeah. And they're up in the presidential suite. And mm. I'm not sure if you guys are like playgoers. Like if you've been to a play, I've been to a play suite before. All right. We're really fancy here. And <laughs> so I'm kind of like picturing that. So it's like a booth mm-hmm. that's like it's a balcony. S- it's a balcony. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so you're sitting back then. The chairs looked extremely uncomfortable in the picture that I saw. Mm-hmm. But you're obviously facing the stage. I feel like in general, you were just uncomfortable at all times in the 1800s. I'm not a big like I want to support the arts. But can we just make it not so long? What? The actual the play? play? Yeah. Well, that's what the intermission's for, so you can go get a bath. I know, but then it's so busy and like, oh, okay. Okay. I Sorry. bet if you're the president, you don't have to get up and get your own drink. No, he's, ha- he's got his own crew. Well, he didn't this night. His own posse. He has his own posse. So they're sitting up in the presidential suite, watching the play, enjoying whatever show Shirley that's Temples. happening. Shirley Temple. They weren't called that then, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> with extra cherries yeah um and at about twelve fourteen, the noted stage actor john wilkes booth enters the president's box from behind which i didn't know that he was a famous actor did you know that oh i didn't kenny kenny you did know that no i didn't oh i didn't that. either kenny's shaking his head okay um all right kenny just because you're That's smarter than us rude not like, you that like, he's an actor and he shot the president like he was actually famous like he was a famous actor got it okay um so john wilkes booth enters the booth from behind <laughs> yeah points his gun booth and booth booth and booth to abe's head mm. and you know shoots blows him away blows him away mm. um Henry, who is sitting, so from the picture that I saw that was a drawing, was Abraham Lincoln, his wife next to him, mm-hmm. and then Henry, and then Clara. Mm-hmm. So it, it looked like they were sitting in like a horseshoe, uh-huh. so Henry could see Abraham Lincoln, so I think he saw like the whole thing. Um, so once Abraham Lincoln was shot, Henry jumps out of his seat, goes to, you know, tackle booth to the ground booth in the booth and they're like you know fighting or scuffling or whatever and booth draws out a dagger Uh oh dagger from and he (laughs) i wrote down dagger because i'm like who calls it a dagger isn't it called a knife i don't know i mean a dagger sounds more like yeah he draws out his dagger and he slashes henry from his elbow to his shoulder. Ew. Did all of his stuff fall out? It cuts him to the bone. Ew. That's a sharp dagger. But Henry 
does not give up. No. He goes back after Booth. Mm. So after Booth slashes Henry, he jumps up to the ledge, which yeah. is about, it's about a 12 foot drop. Yes. So when I first was reading this, I was like, ooh, that's probably really far, like 30 feet or something. It's 12 feet, which is still far, whatever. Yeah. And he's getting ready to jump to make his escape. Yeah, he's going to jump on the stage. And Henry's like, no, 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 no. You mess with my friend. So he goes to grab Booth. Well, Booth's, um, what are they called? His stirrup gets caught in like a decorative flag that was oh, hanging wait, wait. from the- his um his spurs spur thank you his spur i'm an equestrian you know thank you <laughs> his spur i even have a, i even have it written down Listen, as a spur uh-huh. got caught in like a decorative flag yeah, so he gets kind of like tangled up and falls weird and hurts his left ankle uh-huh. some stories say that he broke his leg other i don't think he did because if he broke his leg he wouldn't have been able to run away well it also turns out that Booth knew this play so well mm-hmm. that he timed the shooting when a very famous line was being said and he knew everyone was going to laugh in the theater. Oh. So no one would hear the gunshot go off. Oh. So when Booth falls to the ground and runs across the stage to make his escape, everyone thinks it's part of the play. Uh-oh. So no one does anything. They're just laughing and whatever. And there's this like random little man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's little, but there's this sure. random man running across the stage with a horse waiting for him outside mm-hmm. that he jumps on and gallops away. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where I am in my notes. Okay. <laughs> so he escapes for 12 days. 12 days? Which I didn't know that. Damn. And he ends up dying in those 12 days. Like someone finds him and hunts him down and kills him, I think. Smart. I didn't get that far in Wikipedia, but it sounds like... They took care of him in those 12 days. It was street justice. He wasn't prosecuted. Yeah. Street, street justice. justice. The streets got him. <laughs> the streets of D.C. took him. Yeah. So um, Lincoln and Henry were taken to a nearby like doctor's house because they didn't really have like mm-hmm. hospitals. Yeah. And it sounds like this doctor's house was across the street. Right. It was a cabin. Across it was the a street. cabin. Oh, right. That famous story. Mm. Got it. Um, so they obviously attend to Lincoln first because he's the president and he was shot in the head. And then, then they attend to Henry and they realize how bad Henry's wounds were. He was actually passing out from blood loss. Um, Booth actually hit an artery when he cut him with his knife. So he was in bad shape, but obviously Lincoln dies over the next, you know, eight hours. He passes away Mm -hmm. and, um, Henry lives because this is Sip Survivor Pete. And somebody's got to fucking live. And someone's got to live to tell the story. Right. Um, so after Henry's wounds heal, he's just mentally a mess afterwards. Mm. Like shit hits the fan for this guy. Uh-oh. He is, it sounds like, and they didn't come out and say this, but it sounds like he was ridiculed publicly for not saving the president. Like, people were like, why didn't you do everything you could do? Like, I don't know if the whole part of, like, him trying to go after Booth as he jumps is even true or if Henry kind of made that up to, like, help him with the whole dealing process of, like, the president got shot in your hands or whatever. Right. But he also was his friend and feels awful and got to witness this horrible, like, tragic event. Mm -hmm. And Lincoln was the first president that was assassinated. So it was a big, I mean, it's a huge deal. And everybody loved him. Well, the North loved him. (laughs) So everybody in the northern. It sounds like he got a lot of pressure publicly. Oh. Um, so him and Clara ended up getting married Good through all them. of this. Good for them. And do you see how sweaty my hands are? No. See oh, how shiny they yes. are. Yes. Oh my I'm god. I'm a big hand sweater. You're a stash sweater. I'm a hand sweater. Oh my god. Which is really awkward in meetings when people when someone wants to shake your hand because you just sweaty. Do the wipe and then the sweat. Well, now I don't have to do anything because people don't shake hands anymore. That's right. Win for me. Okay. 
hey you know what my sweat stash doesn't bother people either because i'm usually wearing a mask <gasps> oh my god <laughs> this is actually our year this is our year yes we're 2020 2020 baby <laughs> so he ends up having three kids with clara good. get married whatever but it doesn't end well for our good friend henry um, he has lots of issues with depression. He couldn't hold a job. He quits the army, couldn't hold a job. Mm-hmm. Um, he constantly accuses Clara of cheating on him, even though like there's no real record of her doing so. He's super jealous of the kids and the attention she gives the kids. He just has a lot of mentally thing, mental things. And back then, I mean, it's yeah, not well, like they're dealing with depression back in the 18 right. and 1900s. They weren't like, here's some Prozac. Right. So on December 23rd, 1883, he went mad. Uh-oh. And he attacks. Did you read this part, Kenny? Okay. He attacks his children. No. Goes after them. Uh-uh. And Clara tries to stop the attack and gets in the way. And he ends up stabbing her and shooting her and killing her. No. Yeah. So he's kind of a dick. Um. He then after after he kills Clara, he stabs himself five times in the chest. Oh my god! To make it look like he later told police that it was a break in. But when he goes, he's convicted, and when he goes to trial, he um, is declared insane okay. and is sent to an asylum, which, again, back then... I'm sure it was really nice. I'm sure jail is a better place to be in than Probably. than the asylum he was sent to. Um, his kids were then sent to live with their uncle, Okay. and I don't know what happened to them, but we can look it up later if we want. Um, and he spent the rest of his life in jail, in the asylum, sorry, until he died in 1911. Mm. He was then buried next to Clara, which I'm not sure how she would feel about that. Cause I wouldn't feel very good about that. I don't know. His I mean, one she... son became a congressman. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, so they lived nice. a very, it's good, good life. Like they survived their, right. Well, I bet those kids inherited all that money in yeah. the end. Unless the asylum took it all or the state or whatever. I don't I don't know if it was like that back then. I left this part out because I didn't want to get too far in the weeds. He was also living in Germany at the time this happened. Ooh. So he was in a German asylum. Oh, no. So I can imagine that was probably even worse. Probably. Shout out to Germany. Love you guys. Um, I do have some fun facts about Abraham Lincoln in case you want to know. And Booth. Sure. He was the 16th president. I knew that. I forgot that. <laughs> and like I said, He's he on the was the first president to be assassinated. Yes. Do you know what play they were seeing? No. Our American Cousin. Weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. Da-da-da-da-da. Let's see. Da-da-da. So Booth actually was part of a larger conspiracy because he was for the Confederate side. And three other important officials were supposed to get assassinated as well in addition to Lincoln. Well, all three of those other assassinations failed. The Lincoln one went through. And uh, Booth was actually, like I said, a very famous actor, which I did not know. Mm-mm. And um, when Lincoln was assassinated, the presidential suite at the playhouse, he did have a guard. But the guard left early to go to the tavern across the street to have a little cocktail with the valet driver, Lincoln's valet driver. Mm. You guys. And, and didn't return. Therefore, Booth had access to the presidential suite. So Booth was initially planning to blow, like, shoot his bodyguard. But he never had to because he was at the tavern drinking. 
Um, I bet that guy feels guilty. Yeah. So Booth was kind of obsessed with Lincoln. It sounds like he was at his second inauguration. And he wrote in his diary afterwards that... um, Dear diary. Dear diary. This is Booth again. And my obsession with Lincoln continues. He wrote, quote, What an excellent chance I had if I wished to kill the president on inauguration day. He was just like thinking like he should have did it then. Anyway, he finally did it. I just like that he had a diary. (laughs) Right. What is he, a 13-year-old girl? No kidding. Amazing. Um, Let's see. Uh, And oddly enough, Lincoln actually invited Booth to the White House multiple times because he was such a famous actor. And he declined every time, which is weird because he could have shot him then. Could have shot him. Doesn't really make sense. All right. Um, So that is the story of... um, Henri. Of Henry, what's his last name? Rathbone. Rathbone. So there you go. It's a good little ditty. Wow. Penny, thank you. Mm -hmm. Oh, different. Abraham Lincoln. What's up? He's asleep. Uh Uh-oh. I want to make sure I say this guy's name right. Oh, you better. Fuck. It's a lot of pressure. Um, Oh, really quick sidebar. Lincoln was laughing... Remember I told you that Booth shot him during a specific, he waited for a specific line in the play. Mm-hmm. Lincoln was actually laughing at the line in the play when he was shot. Fun fact for you. Oh, he was laughing when he got shot? Yeah. Aww. I know. Aww. Sad. Okay. So um, we're going to talk about my story, but I forgot to mention something at the top. Um, Danelle just asked if I wanted a snack. And I said no, because I had a McRib for lunch. And we're and, both appalled by this. Uh, yeah. Kenny and Danelle are like, gross all right and then you had something you were gonna say about mcdonald's oh i went to mcdonald's last week on the fly because we were going somewhere to help a friend out Mm -hmm. and but we had to eat before whatever who cares we went to mcdonald's and it was so busy Mm -hmm. and it was because the mcrib was out and i just don't understand it i knew of and loved the mcrib as a child when Mm. it was out like for a long period of time I mean, this was before Kenny was even born. It was my most favorite and beloved sandwich. And today it did not disappoint. Oh. Oh, God. It was so So good. So even though your taste buds have changed as an adult, evolved. Yeah. You were still into it. Yes. It's rib shaped and coated in barbecue sauce. Is it? It's probably how I feel about Salisbury steak. Like the encore. Like the old school, like I mean, it's probably just a Salisbury steak with right, barbecue like it's, sauce on it. Yeah, like, Pretty you know, much. like the microwave dinners from the 80s, the Salisbury steak. I love them. They're so good, but it's disgusting. Yeah. Like, what's actually in it? Yeah, I don't know what's in a McRib, and I don't care. You don't want yeah, to know. You don't want to know. Today was, there was a very large line I had to wait in. It's because of the McRib. But I texted my one friend who has been uh, tagging me on social media about the McRib, and I was like, guess where I am? <laughs> in line did you eat it in your car absolutely not it's too messy okay it needs a you need a proper table you can't fuck around and any of the sauce that drips out you can just take your french fries Mm. and really dip it in there barbecue sauce oh girl talk dirty Mm. actually that their fries were so good their fries are still so good i mean when i had it last week like i Uh-oh. forgot how good their fries were yeah that's why i try i'm to more of a wendy's girl oh my god i love wendy's. i don't want to i don't want to come across like i don't eat fast food i'm no. just saying i'm more of a taco bell wendy's girl oh, I, love- I just really like fast food i mean it's really wrong i really need to rein it in it's wrong because we're in our late 30s correct all right i don't even eat that much fast food that's because <laughs> kenny shut up healthy and cook okay true true yeah Anyway, 
a long story short. Let's talk about survival Let's talk stories. about a long story. Yours. It's not that long. Well, kind of. Um, okay. I am doing the survival story of the passengers and crew of British Airlines 5390. I'm doing this off memory. I did not write anything down. That's really impressive that you remember 5390. I'm already impressed. <laughs> and that's the end of my story. They <laughs> Go look <Bye>. it up. <laughs> Um, okay, so this happened, I want to say it was 1994 or 95, okay. so it was the 90s. A great time to be alive. Uh, or born. If your name is Kenny and you're young as fuck. Um, okay, so um, it was, let's see, four crew members, um, Like, and we're talking about like flight attendants, Okay. but in the British documentary I watched, they call them stewards mm-hmm. and stewardesses. Uh, and I don't know, I don't think that's appropriate anymore in the United States of America. I think we call them flight attendants, but I don't know. Anyway, um, three men, one woman, then there was the pilot and the co-pilot. So it's a big plane. There's that many. So that's the, so there were six crew members total, four, uh, flight attendants, a co-pilot and a pilot. Then there were 81 passengers on board. Oh, okay. So, I mean, fairly large. It was a plane. It was, so British Airways is the... I don't know, brand of plane. Mm -hmm. And they were flying from England to Spain. Okay, so probably a little short. Yeah, it's two hours-ish. Two hours-ish. And a lot of people were like, going on holiday, Mm -hmm. as they say over there. (laughs) I love when they say stuff. I'm going on holiday. I'm at hospital. I'm like, where's the the? Right. The hospital. What's happening? Or A. Yeah. I'm at a hospital. No, just hospital. I'm in hospital. I know, but... They're missing, like, the the or... I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. You guys, we love you. Um, okay, so all the people in the crew had flown together before except the co-pilot. So I'm not going to name all their names because I obviously didn't write this down, nor do I remember all of them. But uh, the four flight attendants and the pilot, uh, the pilot's name was Lancaster. Okay. Uh, that's his last name. And they had a new co-pilot, new to the team, and his name was Atchison. Mm. Um, so it, it looked like it was just like any normal flight. They get boarded and do their thing. Yes. There was a, there was a lady on the documentary I watched that was, um, she seemed a little like, like British sassy mm-hmm. and I liked her. Um, and she was just like, you know, the stewards were doing their, safety speech and like she's like no one was paying attention because we've all been on a plane before and I was like sassafras okay okay girl but it's true I mean if you ever have been on a plane and they're doing the safety thing are you guys looking I at try the to be respectful card? I try I don't look attention. at the safety car but I try to make eye contact with them because I know what it's like to be I giving my headphones out yeah. Oh, you guys are so sweet. Because I, you know what it's like to give a presentation and no one's paying attention. Like, I don't know. Right. I just feel like it's common courtesy. Right. Even though it's about... And I also stuff. feel like if they're in the situation where this is really what's going on in my head, I'm like, if this plane goes down, maybe they'll save me first because they know that I really paid attention and I, right. and I had respect for them. It's not going to matter. And who cares? But I that's like, what's going through my I mind. Like it. <laughs> It's survival, okay? Well, this lady was like, no one was paying attention, and this one guy was even reading the newspaper. And I was like, oh. Sounds about right. Okay. Um, so they take off, and uh, the captain had said, like, it's going to be an easy flight. You know, weather in Spain. That's what they always say. in Spain is, like, gorgeous. So just sit back, relax, enjoy the flight. Oh, God. 
side note. Have I ever told you about how I feel more comfortable if my pilot has a slight southern twang? Yes, you have. Okay. Um, obviously that. What about a British there. accent? Probably after this story. Sure. Okay. Sure. All right. So we got the pilot. We got the co-pilot. Uh, pilot Lancaster is like um, getting a comfortable. They get to like whatever flying height they're supposed to be. Thirty thousand, a cool thirty. No, I think they get. They were climbing to what they were supposed to be. Their cruising altitude was like twenty-two or twenty-three thousand oh, feet. Okay. Do you like have this well, all memorized? I'm a little more comfortable at the twenty thousand range. Right. Um, so they're climbing, and so uh, Lancaster, the pilot, takes off his um, shoulder straps. Mm-hmm. Um, like his, the seat belts for pilots, I guess, have like more straps. I picture it like, um, like a child safety seat, or like a roller coaster. Yes. How it comes down across your chest. Yeah, seventeen thousand three hundred feet. Well, that's where they got to. Oh, my bad. Oh no! And they were Shh. climbing when this happened. <laughs> Stop, everyone! The takeoff's Don't the get worst. Ahead of me. The takeoff's the worst part. It sure is. So he takes off his straps. One of the um, stewards, I think his name was Nigel. That's like the one name I can remember. Nigel (laughs) comes in. He's like, hey, what can I get you a cup of tea? Because, you know, we're we're British. Sounds just like a British person. Good job. (laughs) Sorry. Um, And Lancaster, the pilot, is like, yeah, I'll have the usual. Uh, Atchison, who's new, is like, I'll have a tea with one cream and two sugars. He's like, I'll take a coffee. And then it's like, the plane crashes. Yeah. And then the plane crashes and everyone dies. Because <laughs> you can't drink coffee in England. Okay. No. Um, so Nigel goes back out. He's going to get the teas. Suddenly, they're oh, no. at 17,300 feet. Oh, no. And Lancaster, the pilot, notices that the windshield, <gasps> a.k.a. the windshield of an airplane. <laughs> a.k.a. the windshield. Of the airplane, not of a car, is rattling <gasps> oh my god the windshield is the terror rattling. of that windshield coming off and you being sucked out get ready so guess what happens the windshield on lancaster side the pilot of the airplane and he took his latches off uh-huh meaning seatbelts sorry it's the only word i could think of <laughs> latches he took his latches off <laughs> he took his latches off the windshield of the plane boop pops off flies away goodbye windshield and as you predicted lancaster who is not buckled in anymore gets sucked out the roof oh my god what a way to go good news terrible nope don't worry his feet got caught on the the dashboard and hooked him he is now laying across the top part of the airplane while his feet are hooked onto the dashboard jenny True. Get it's out. A true statement. What kind of shoes was he wearing? Penny loafers, for sure. I Those mean, pennies got stuck something. with Abraham Lincoln. Oh, it all circles back. It all back. comes back. Shit. All right. So, so is he face down, do you think? He's no, got to he be. No, he was face up. He gets sucked up and then pushed back. Oh, my God. Because the winds at 17,300 feet are 393 miles Holy per hour. Fuck. It's also negative 17 degrees centigrade i don't know what that means i don't but zero is freezing so 32 yeah. is the zero and yeah so minus 17 of that you're looking at me like you want like a resolution to that statement i'm not going to provide Just, that for you you know it's, kenny's see, looking it up he's feverishly looking on his eye you know. it's real fucking cold it's so, cold it's windy it's terrifying so um it's british airways <laughs> 
their new tagline. <laughs> if, you need, if you need taglines, just come to us. We'll come up with them for you. Well, so uh, as soon as the windshield flies off the airplane, so much cold air rushes in to the plane that a fog immediately creates in the in the plane. Okay. Because <laughs> the air can't hold its moisture or some shit like that because it's so cold. It so sounds suddenly. right. So the whole plane is just filled with like what looks like a smoke. It looks like a Prince video suddenly. <laughs> Purple Rain's <laughs> playing in the background. Yep. Prince comes down. It's real this weird. guitar. <laughs> this leotard. Okay. Um, and so obviously everyone on the plane is just fucking screaming. It's pandemonium. Atchison is still in the cockpit strapped in. This is the co-pilot. Always He's, wear your seatbelt. He can now see his pilot hanging out of the window up against the top of the plane. He can barely breathe because they're so high up that the oxygen is so, uh, what's the word? Not shallow. Um, thin? Thin. That breathing is difficult. Plus, the wind is coming into the cockpit at 393 miles per hour. Can yeah. you picture his face like this? Yeah. It's terrible. Oh my God. It's the worst. So um, one of the stewards sees what's happening in the cockpit because the cockpit door has now flown off. Oh my God. And he can see in and he can see the pilot's feet hooked. Penny loafers are hooked. And, and just so you know, the problem now is his feet have hooked onto controls mm. on the dash. And so Atchison, the co-pilot, can't get control of the plane. Because the captain's the feet levers are like are yeah the captain's feet are pushing on some of the levers. This is like a cartoon in my I know. mind. I know. I can't even. Okay. Okay. How have we never heard of this before? I don't know. <laughs> so uh, the steward comes running in and grabs the captain's ankles and okay. is holding him for dear life because he doesn't want him to fly out of the plane. Which is really nice of her because also my first initial thought would be like if he goes, I'm going with him. Right. But just, they had, here's the thing, these, all of them except the co-pilot have flown together before. So they're kind of friends. Like they hang out and have like, right. at the beginning they're talking about how they have beers together and stuff. So that, yeah. You know, they go out for a pint or whatever the fuck. So then another steward sees what's going on, runs up and decides. And her ankles. Well, decides what he's going to do is he's going to strap himself into the, the, the jump seat that's in the cockpit. Uh-huh. So he's at least anchored to the plane then grab on to the next person. So now the chain of command is pilot out the plane, steward in the plane, next steward in the plane, and strapped to the plane. Double whammy. Boom. Good. Now, Atchison, the Mm co-pilot, is frantically... Trying, trying to to drive the plane. Well, I'm trying to call Mayday, Mayday. And they're still climbing. At this point... Or are they pretty much... Oh, get ready. Get ready. When the captain flew out the window and his feet hit the controls, they are now in a nosedive. (gasps) They've gone from an ascent to a very rapid descent. Can you imagine being a passenger on this plane? I would die. (sighs) There's... There's nothing he can do until he, until they free the captain's feet from the controls at this just point. Just take his little feet and flip them off. Yeah, the... but there's 393 mile per hour winds pushing the captain this way and his feet into the control. So they have oh to God. like gain control. But they're descending so rapidly and in like crazy, don't know how he thought of it form, this co-pilot 
decides, because he, he could have leveled out the plane, but his issue was this plane didn't have enough oxygen masks for everyone on board. So he says... That can't be legal. Don't know. It's Britain. Um, so he decides he's going to, he wants to continue to rapidly descend until he gets to a certain level. Which is very smart, fast right? thinking. I would not have thought of that. Yes. Clearly, he had not to a pilot. Quickly so that he could get to a place where the oxygen was better for, for the everyone. passengers so they could all breathe and not See, like pass out. See, our pilots out. should make more money because they're always thinking about the passengers. I just, there needs control. to be reform. Out of control. So, Airplane reform. During all of this, Atchison's again trying to mayday, mayday, but he can't hear anything. Like the the control room or the control tower can hear him, but he can't hear them because the wind is so loud. He right. said it was like being in a tornado. Oh, so terrifying. Once they get down to a certain level and he can like try and level out the plane, the uh, stewards are able to free the captain's feet a little bit so that he isn't as jammed into all the controls. Those little and tootsers. Atchison is able to level out the plane. I think it was around 7,000, 7,500. That's too close. Feet. Oh. 7,500 feet. Um, and he has slowed the plane down to like 190 miles per hour or something ridiculous. Oh, just still, a cool cruise. Still real fast. <laughs> um, at this point, though, because the velocity of the wind has lessened so much, uh-huh. the captain's body starts to slide down the plane. Now but- his face is against the side window of the windshield. And the, the steward said he looked over and he just saw the captain's eyes wide open, not blinking, staring into like the he cockpit. was dead almost. That's yeah. what I would think. Like, oh, no. They were like, I'm pretty sure the captain's dead. And so there was like kind of a silence. So one of the stewards says that. We'll say it was Nigel because that's the only one I remember. <laughs> and he looks at the co-pilot, Atchison, and they're like, there's a silence. Like, And the, the silence was, yeah, do yeah. we let him go? Right. He's probably dead. And Atchison thinks for a minute and he says, can you hold on a little longer? He's in shock, probably. Nope. Oh, he's dead. Nope. Oh. Atchison doesn't want him to let him go because, A, it's not nice. And, no. B, biggest reason, they he let him go. He wants his penny loafers. <laughs> he might run into the wing. Oh. Or the jet engine. In which case, it would derail the entire plane, bringing down the entire plane and killing everyone on board, not just the pilot. Got who it. Who's probably dead. Right. So again, Atchison with the thinking. I'm like, and how is hey, he buddy? not the main captain of this plane? Like, he, what makes you? I wonder what makes you like a co-pilot. Well, uh, Lancaster, who's the pilot, had been flying for like 21 years. I wonder what how long the co-pilot had been flying. I forget. He was not part of this documentary. I think he's 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 a little traumatized. I think. By yeah, you think? <laughs> okay, so okay. he makes the quick decision to yes keep him hanging. He's like. Can you hold on longer? And they were like, yes. But they were like in a lot of pain because this was like a lot of yeah. upper body strength that these guys are trying to hold on. So um, anywho, they finally get a hold of the control tower and um, at, at Atchison, I keep forgetting his name. Uh, he, um, he can finally hear them because the wind has died down a bit. It's from 300 to 190. 190. <laughs> and... They want him to land in, I want to say Shreveport, but I think that might be wrong. Louisiana. Yes. They want him to land in Shreveport, <laughs> Louisiana. Sorry. 
Sorry. Okay. They okay, Shreveport, Spain. Got it. <laughs> no. They're still in England. Okay. So they want him to land in this airport in England. I fucking forget the name. It's probably not Shreveport. So you're right. That's Louisiana. Anyway, <laughs> my face is bright red right now. It's actually not. Okay. I did get new um, foundation, so it's really oh. working out for me. Okay. So um, they want him to land here, and he's kind of like, uh, can we pick a different airport? Because I've never been to that one. Because I didn't know that if you're a pilot... They, like, do stuff if you've never landed at their airport before. Like, they put stuff on the runway so you could see it better. Oh, I didn't know that. And they, you have, like, tons of paperwork on, like, how to approach and, like, all this stuff. Well, um, unfortunately, all the paperwork on the airports in the nearby area have flown out the window. Literally. And he doesn't probably have time to just glaze over the paperwork. No. No. And usually what would happen if there was an emergency is the pilot would be piloting the plane. The um, co-pilot would be reading the paperwork and telling him what to do. Yes. Right now he's doing everything. Yeah. Because <laughs> his pilot is hanging on the side of the plane. Wasn't there a time when you didn't have like a pilot and a co-pilot? Like back in the day? Probably. Or has there always been like a pilot and a co-pilot? I don't know. I'm sure on smaller flights there isn't. Yeah. I feel like there should always be two though. Yeah. Right? There's always two. My friend's a pilot and he does private planes. Like yeah. It's only like and there's always people. two? And he's, yeah, like he tested positive for corona because his co-pilot tested positive so oh. I, mean, they only I feel like though back people. in the day like the 80s you didn't have to have two but i could be making that know. up anyway it was the 80s yeah we were real dumb <laughs> we didn't do anything right we did a lot of cocaine okay now just kidding i was a kid you guys um so that doesn't stop you <laughs> that's right i was a real Jesus badass was raging <laughs> i had a perm and a lot of coke <laughs> and braces did you have braces no not until the 90s okay and i'd get colored you know, bands on them. Okay. <laughs> so naturally, naturally. So they're flying this plane. They're approaching this airport. The co-pilot's never been. He's freaking the fuck out. The guy in the control tower is giving him direction. Um, he's like, all right, here's the problem. I got this big plane. Big planes don't normally land at this little airport. My big plane is very full of fuel because we haven't made it out of the United Kingdom. We're going to Spain. This shit is full of fuel. I need 2,200 meters or 2,250 mm-hmm. to land. Like, meaning that's how much runway he needs. Yes. And the control tower comes back and says, you've got 1,800. Figure it out. So he has to he has to make this work. And it's, like, terrifying. Wow. So he says, like, the control tower is trying to figure out what's going on. He's like, the windshield blew off. The captain is outside the plane. And the guy goes, dead. The guy's like, um, copy that? And he goes, I'm pretty sure he's dead, but can you please have rescue vehicles on hand? <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. So um, everybody's in the brace position. My favorite thing is that sassy lady from the beginning. I bet you she's paying attention now, isn't she? <laughs> well, she asked one of the, the only female stewardess. She goes what's going on? And the stewardess, I love how, how she's like, um, everything's going to be fine. We're going to make a landing, but I think the pilot's dead. (laughs) Okay. And this, this lady was like, I couldn't believe it because I, he had just been on and he was so, what did she call him? Jovial. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, this is so weird. Anyway, this Atchison lands the plane does it in 1800 meters, which I have no how long, I don't know how long that is in feet or whatever, but he does it. 
about 18 football fields. Okay. Oh. Guess what? He does it. When he lands, according to the documentary, everyone claps. Of course you better. Um, so I just want everyone to know that if you clap on a regular landing, fuck off. Because I hate that so much. But Ugh. I did see a meme recently where like after COVID, like you should pro- maybe clap because you're just happy that you're landing somewhere else other than where you've been for the last eight months. No. No? Really? No? No. No. No, I'm good. No. Um, if it's a terrible flight, I have clapped before, but that's only because I really thought we might die. Yeah. That's only happened to me like twice though. Okay. So. The note claps on every flight. No, I've never clapped. <laughs> Although I probably, I'm thinking back now to the DC flight where I probably should have clapped because we almost died, I feel like. Nice. Um, okay. So they land. Uh, the paramedics come get uh, Lancaster. Off, Dead. Off the plane. He's goner. Alive. <gasps> oh my God. Really? Really. <sighs> really alive. The, oh. the pilot is fucking alive. <laughs> holy shit and guys never give up never give up so they talk to him after the fact and it's in this documentary and it's very much like i'm picturing sully from (sighs) yeah it's like an old like grandpa no he's more he's a little younger looking and more and he's jovial okay it looks like if maybe santa claus um shaved his beard off oh okay and had brown hair so not at all like Santa. No. Anyway. So um, Uncle Buck. Got it. Basically. <laughs> so he's, um, he talks a little bit about his experience. He says he remembers feeling himself go up and out. And he f- remembers being pushed back against the plane. And he said the worst thing was at first he just couldn't breathe because there was so uh, much air yeah. rushing over him. Uh, he couldn't catch his breath. But he said he shifted his position a little bit. Like he moved his head down. And he started to be able to catch his breath. And then the cold started hitting. And then he just passed out. Oh, so when good. his eyes were wide open, he, he was not out. conscious. <laughs> Thank God for him, though. Can yeah. you imagine? I mean, the trauma alone. But yeah. I mean, he does remember um, being the landing. pulled out. Was he, did they pull him? They pulled him in before the landing, I'm, I'm assuming. Mm, right? I don't think they could. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, um, anywho. So he's alive. And it's, uh, he's, he actually, um, flew for British Airways after that. Oh, he did. He started flying for them again after I bet he five, checked that windshield every time I would. Five months. And, um, even after he retired, he loved flying so much <gasps> that he started flying for no. another airline for shits and gigs. So, um, they did do a full investigation. It was the first time that they actually included a psychologist in the investigation of an engineering failure on an airplane. Um, because they wanted to try and figure out exactly what happened because they figured it might have something to do with human error and they wanted to know why. Um, so the engineer who had worked on the plane, usually the engineering happens at night when flights are not flying. Mm -hmm. Um, and, what had happened is the hangar was so full of crafts to be fixed mm-hmm. that everything was jammed in there. And so he was working on the windshield that needed to be replaced at an angle. Instead of uh, looking at the uh, manual of what bolts needed to be included. Oh, no, he used the wrong bolts. He just looked at the bolts that came out of the previous windshield and matched them. Mm. Unfortunately for human error, some of the bolts were just like, I don't know, something stupid, like one eighth of an inch too short or millimeter. Or, it was like something ridiculous. Oh that poor but engineer, that, though, probably feels awful. Probably. About. Good news. No one died. 
Yeah. Everyone on that flight lived. Right. But to know that like your one little misstep could have. But again, it was the psychology of it. Like they had so much work to do and they only had so many hours to do it. And it was overnight when people are already exhausted and tired and should Mm -hmm. be sleeping. Um, that they, you know, it's not like, I don't think they ended up prosecuting him because really it was, yeah, it was psychologically, he was somewhat, he didn't mean any ill will for it. No. And and there was, um, precedent that was there that like, you don't have to look at the manual. If you take out this windshield and it's been working for three years and it had these bolts and you put the same bolts in, it should work again. Right. Fine. But, um, obviously that protocol (laughs) has changed. Um, and also a lot of planes do have windshields that are inserted on the inside and bolted in so that pressure from inside the plane, because the inside of the plane is pressurized, mm-hmm. push that windshield out, holding it in place versus it being a windshield on the outside of the plane with only bolts holding it in and um, fighting against the force of the inside of the plane. And this one did not have This that? one was on the outside of the plane. Okay. It's much more likely that the windshield is going to be bolted on the inside. I'm going to check next time I'm on a flight. Right? You I'm walk just, in and you're like, excuse like, me, can I speak with the pilot and the co-pilot? Thorough overview of your cockpit, please. Can you just tell me how your windshield is installed? Inside and what or bolt outside? size are you using? Yeah. Okay, got I'm going to need to know. Did mm-hmm. you guys hear about that British Airways thing? Oh, yeah. I cannot believe I've never heard of this one. Yeah. So um, anyway, that is the whole story of British oh, Airways 5390. And, and air, <laughs> in airplane fashion. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. Also, yes. his injuries, since you didn't mention him. Oh, yeah. He suffered frostbite and like broke an arm, I a thumb. And Nigel... The other, only other person to suffer injuries, dislocated his soldier shoulder and had frostbite on his face. That's because Ooh. he was he was the one holding the captain from the get. He's the one who was getting the tea. <gasps> Nigel. Mm. Nigel, the real hero here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nigel, shout out. Yeah, shout out. Um, but yeah, I was surprised that he his legs weren't broken, considering yeah, that, I yeah, thought his like or his like knees were dislocated into or something, and then or... like pushed back. I don't arm know. and thumbs and yeah. his wrist. Yeah, well, they, he huh. said, one of the people said that when he did fall to the side, his he, they said his arms looked weird and long. <gasps> and I was like, gross. Oh. I bet it was Nigel, I think, who said it. Terrifying. And Nigel. And also, again, that when you're taking off, those are like the most just scary mm. moments of a plane. And you then know what's to have worse, a- though, is when you start nose diving. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the windshield's well, missing. And the thing is, is like, um, Atchison should have been, um, he should have been somewhat impaired because of the lack of oxygen. And, and he, he actually wasn't. performed almost better because oh, of I that. I hope he got a raise. Like I said, I think it, they all more. got awards and stuff. Like they were like yeah. featured and people loved them and they were heroes <sighs> and they came to the airport to work again and everyone clapped and it was like, eh. so good for them. Mm. Good for them. Mm-mm-mm. So that's my story. Good job. Mm, thanks. Can I? Can I? Okay. So this is in Malaysia, just so you know. The Malaysian Prime Minister! (laughs) Sorry. Zoolander, right? Yeah. Yeah. A policeman was arrested for accepting what as a bribe? Blowjob. Okay. Egg rolls, I don't know. (laughs) Onions. Oh, I was close. You were. Didn't know it was surprisingly close. Wow. I almost said a blowjob. Guys, 2021 is going to be my year. Just watch. So he was. It was some. Raw? They were transporting onions, and the guy didn't have the correct papers. And the police was like, "Yo, just give me two bags of onions, and you're good to go." <laughs> Yo, onions. <laughs> and 
now he's arrested because he accepted Aww. two bags of onions for her. Just let him have the onions. Yeah, no big deal. That's yeah. kind of sad. I was hoping that they were going to be like onion rings because I feel like I would let people get away with a lot of stuff if they gave me onion rings. I want onion rings so bad right now. That sounds mm. delicious. Um, yeah. yeah, today I almost thought about, no, was it yesterday? I was in North Olmsted at some point, which is like a suburb near here. And I went and got Raising Cane's, which is like mm. a chicken tender place. But part of me thought about going to Swenson's because mm. Swenson has this burger and these onion rings. But anyway, it was a real big debate. And you went to? I went to Cane's. Cane's. So I got the chicken. I have had, so I tried Cane's a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was good. I tried hot chicken takeover. What'd you think? Eh. It was okay. Their yeah. sides are terrible. I didn't love it. Their mac and cheese is awful. Oh, I didn't mind it, but it wasn't oh, like my I favorite. But yeah. what I, I mean, what I re, I mean, Canes. Raising Canes is like the Here's the thing with Raising me. Canes. I got it to go and then it took me 15 minutes to get home. Nope. I'm slurring my words because I am drunk off that wine. A little bit, yeah. Um, so I don't think I really gave it like, you it got, was still really good. You need to go through the drive-thru, park, and That's, eat that so shit. So yeah, so I can't give a full review yet because okay. I think by the time I got home it was a little soggy from like Mm-mm. the, Mm-mm. you know, yeah. heat from the box. No. The Texas Toast Fresh. Oh, delicious. And the Texas Toast was amazing. Please pull over and I, that's what I do every time. Like a, like a lunatic, I go through the drive because their restaurants aren't open right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone, in case you're thinking I'm just a lunatic in general, I would go in and eat it in the restaurant, but they're yeah. not open. So I go through the drive through. I pull over in a parking spot and then you eat it. I take my seatbelt off. I get comfortable. You take your coat off too. I mean, whatever. You can't. Eat I go it. home and throw it in the toaster for like two minutes just to crisp it up a little bit. Oh. See, we, I didn't do that. I just ate it okay. from the box and it wasn't. It was good. You know what we're going to do? Me and you are going to have a Cane's eating party in one of our cars. <laughs> you know, my friend said to me, this is, well, we can talk about this afterwards. Lachitas. Okay. I was going to talk about Lachitas. Oh, Mexican food. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, it's now snowing in Ohio, which is crap. And we hope you guys enjoyed. We will see you all next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.